0: Don't miss the action this weekend when the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots head to Frankfurt for the Frankfurt Games in Germany. All right, these games air on the NFL Network and stream on NFL Plus. For a limited time, Verizon customers can get Netflix and NFL Plus for just $25 a month. That's an annual savings of $120. Plus Play is a platform where Verizon customers can shop, manage, save on subscriptions you or Love like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network. Which means you can catch games like the Colts and the Patriots in Germany at the Frankfurt Games. Just go to Verizon.com/volume. Verizon.com/volume to bundle and save before the games. This offer ends soon. Again. Verizon.com dot slash the volume. Plus Play access included for Verizon Postpaid Mobile, 5G Home, and LTE Home subscribers. Exclusive savings available on select partner subscriptions. All products and services sold on Plus Play require a separate subscription or purchase. Limited time offer. Offer only applies to new and qualified returning subscribers of NFL Plus Premium and newer existing subscribers of Netflix Premium. Not combinable with any other promos, Netflix, and NFL Plus bundle subscription. $25 a month on applicable tax. Billing begins from time of activation of first service. Additional terms apply. Cancel any time in Plus Play Managed Dashboard. Savings based on Netflix Premium and NFL Plus Premium monthly retail plan price all right i had to watch that god-awful thing on amazon very rarely do i have sympathy for broadcasters who are well compensated for talking football but that was that was rough the football gods have been cruel to amazon and jeff bezos (laughs) that is hard to watch but it that game was not insignificant so the Bears have some pieces. Most of the bad teams in this league have pieces. The Giants are bad, but I like their head coach. I like their left tackle. I like Kayvon Thibodeau. There are parts of the Giants I like. Washington's got a new owner. They have some really interesting pieces at wide receiver uh, and running back. Uh, Arizona's bad, but they have Kyler Murray, right? The, the, their new coach is kind of interesting. Uh, uh, Atlanta's got some offensive pieces. I know they're bad. Same with Tampa Bay. Carolina's talentless. So the Chicago Bears, by winning, don't have the first or second pick of their own. They need Carolina to keep losing because they have Carolina's pick. And Carolina plays Tampa twice. Carolina plays Atlanta. I think they play Green Bay. (laughs) They get some of the dregs of the league. So Carolina could stumble in to wins. I mean, they beat Houston. Uh, I don't, I mean, it's a talentless offense. There is... I, Bryce Young doesn't look great. There is nothing to work with. They don't have a number one receiver. They don't have a number two receiver. I'm not sure they have a three. Mingo looks like just a guy. So, tight end, running back, wide receiver, they have no special players, no juice offensively, but they play some of the weaker NFL teams down the stretch. And remember, if the Bears don't get the first pick, and right now, again, their pick doesn't look like they will with a win. And Carolina won a couple games. Now they don't have the first or the second pick. And there's only two locks at quarterback. Drake May and Caleb Williams are really A prospects. Everybody else has issues. Nobody thinks, uh, you know, Bo Nicks or Penix are, are going to walk into this league and take it by storm. Those are guys that will be as good as their surrounding talent, which is almost always the case anyway. You know, save for your Elways and Andrew Lux and Trevor Lawrence's most guys are as good as their opportunity. So uh, Chicago's got some good players. Montez Sweat. I like their running backs. uh, DJ Moore, Cole Komet. Secondary's got some young pieces. One of their tackles is rated very high by PFF. Chicago's got some pieces. If they went and got Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, and landed Caleb Williams or Drake May, let's say Drake May at this point, if Drake May's as good as advertised with a good offensive coordinator, you know, they've... It wouldn't surprise me in that division. I mean, Green Bay doesn't know who their quarterback is. Minnesota doesn't know who their quarterback is. Uh, Detroit's formidable. But I mean, two of the teams don't, you know, they're a- scratching their head on what to do with the most important position in football. So Chicago's got some pieces. NFC's weaker. Their division isn't terribly strong. That They just need the right coach and the right quarterback. So, and it's nothing against Justin Fields, but uh, he is what the first round quarterback data provides less than half make it. Misses too many games, wins too few, doesn't seem. When you watch a CJ Stroud walk in with that O-line and that ownership, uh, and I know I know Justin Fields has a, a lot to overcome. The McCaskies are some of the, I think, second or third poorest owners. Um, front office, draft picks, head coach, he doesn't have a ton to work with but he also can't stay healthy. I mean, for 12 years, Eli Manning didn't miss a single start. His running style got him hurt at Ohio State, and it's getting him hurt in the NFL. That's the reality of it. So, um, you know, it's one of the things about this league that if you're a bad NBA team, it's really hard to turn it around. Same in baseball. I mean, half the teams in baseball just can't keep up financially. Half the teams in the NBA just don't have the requisite talent. It's not that way in the NFL. You get the right coach, you get the right quarterback. There's enough surrounding pieces with Chicago. They can be just fine very quickly. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Now they have an elite guy up front in Montez Sweat. They have some nice weapons. Their running backs are fine. They got some nice pieces. They like their young secondary. They've hit in a couple of draft picks. Hit on one of their offensive line picks. They're not They're not without talent. I mean, uh, again, they let Bill Polian run their coaching search. Bill's old school. Went defensive coach. It's not where I would have gone. But, uh, you know, I always, it's it's funny about it. When you look around this league, I think running the volume has been really interesting because when I first took my swing at the volume, my takeaway was I'm not going to pay myself I'm gonna get really good management, and and so, you know, I didn't, I I I don't take a check. I'm I'm glad not to because we have a really good staff. So, having been in this business for 25 years, one of the things I really recognized is there's a sea of money. You can make money, but you got to get really good people. Because I've worked um, for most of my career with really good really good management, really good producers. And I've watched people's careers who are really talented uh, circle the drain because they have bad bosses. And so I I think people just don't understand um, it is not an even playing field. I mean, if you go look at the NFC West, uh the the paul allen fund jody and paul allen fund they're the second richest owners in this league behind the denver broncos new owners uh so you have those owners uh, the york family's loaded uh stan Cronkey's top six seven owner in terms of net worth and the bidwells are some of the po- poorest owners in the nfl So the the revenue, the ability to uh, just go buy players, everybody thinks, well, if everybody's got the same salary cap, not everybody has the same money. There's a huge gap between what Arizona can spend and what the Rams, San Francisco, and Seattle can spend. And... I just don't think people understand is that the reason the Bears have been bad forever is they don't have good owners. They don't have wealthy owners. They don't have good owners. They have the oldest owner, Virginia McCaskey, in the entire NFL. It's not a dynamic, vibrant ownership group. And that's what holds everything back. I mean, just just when they hired Matt Eberflus, I mean, look around the league. Look at the offensive coaches. Look at who is flourishing. It's overwhelmingly offensive coaches. I mean, right now, Mike McDaniels in Miami. looks like they have a chance if they can right the ship, win the division. And then there's, uh, you know, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow surging, if not Cleveland, offensive coach. Jacksonville, offensive coach. Kansas City, offensive coach. Then you go over to the NFC. Dallas and Philadelphia, offensive coach. Detroit leads their division, offensive coach. Um NFC West could be Kyle Shanahan. They have the best team, I think, best roster, offensive coach. So, you know, it and they. What do the Bears do? I mean, are you paying attention at all? So, uh, it, I, you know, it, it. I just think sometimes we we forget. There's only so much you can do. The the employees always get blamed uh, for overwhelmingly for uh, problems with. Um, productivity or performance at any company in America, you can't overcome lousy ownership. Um, You just can't. That's why when I I built the volume, it was like I was going to go and find the best available people to run it. We have an incredible staff. Um, And it's made this voyage, two and a half years, much easier than I thought it would be. I don't have to overcome uh, incompetence. I walk in every day. I just had a meeting today, about some financials and about you know where we're headed. And it's just, man, it's so nice to work with smart people. Chicago has never once founded in 1920. They've never once had the best quarterback in the league. Never in any decade, any era, arguably never in a single year. Jay Cutler's our all-time passing leader. You can keep blaming all the coaches and the general managers, but it's a really dysfunctional organization. My wife, Uh, wants us to live in Chicago. And I really do love it. Don't love their winners, but I love it. And I'm like, honey, I don't know if I can live in a city with that bad of an NFL franchise. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, It's under consideration, but I don't know if I can do it. So I've taken a very pro Jim Harbaugh stance, um, very pro Jim Harbaugh stance on the advance scouting accusations. I don't think Harbaugh is completely innocent. I just think advanced scouting is sort of nonsense. It's a 1994 created rule that most of you didn't know existed that was to stop the separation of have and have nots in college football financially, which is a joke because it's always been more than any sport in America, a sport of have and have nots. The same teams that were good in the 60s were good in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, 2010s and now. Alabama, Oklahoma's, you know, look around. It was, it was the same teams, Michigan, Ohio State, the same teams, very few new college football powers. Oregon, because of Phil Knight's money and vision is one of them. Not many. I mean, Washington was good in the seventies. Washington won a national title in the nineties. Washington is good again. It's a lot of the same teams, Penn State, mm, Michigan, mm, Ohio State, and, um, but I also know that Jim Harbaugh runs really hot. He lasts about four years everywhere, San Francisco, Stanford, San Diego. And now he's at what, like seven, eight years for Michigan. And Jim wears people out. Uh, I've known multiple people who have worked with Jim Harbaugh and they like Jim Harbaugh, but he runs really, really hot. And over the course of his tenure, it's not a surprise to me, which I reported a couple days ago on FS1, that Jim Harbaugh uh, really um, polarizing guy, has a couple of enemies within the Michigan family, uh, being like donors and boosters. And these are billionaires and hundred millionaires, and they want a lot of attention and they want their way. And Hardball is just not gonna give you that pat in the back and the attaboy that you want. So it doesn't surprise me that this is, as I've been saying, an inside job. It didn't come from Ohio State or Iowa or Purdue or Penn State. It came from inside Michigan. Because through the years, I've seen this time and time again. These college coaches, these football coaches, their their salaries are published. And there's a lot of animosity in the building from other coaches who are having to make cuts constantly because of the football program. Now, football should be be highly compensated. The only thing that makes money consistently, men's and women's basketball and football consistently make money. Most everything loses gobs of money. Now you can go to the South and the baseball teams make money or UConn and the women's basketball makes big money. You know, there are exceptions, of course, but basically, you know, basketball, men's and women's can make a a profit and then the football makes tons. And uh, so there's a lot of animosity and uh, envy uh, inside these athletic departments. So it's not a surprise that Harbaugh pissed somebody off. And his, and his personalities, uh, you know, he doesn't ingratiate himself to everybody. Uh, he's hes really focused. He's very competitive. And, you know, if you don't like him, he doesn't care. So, i, I you know, that's just part of who he is. It's part of what makes him great. And it's, it's sort of the burden of hiring Jim and what you got to deal with. Nick Saban, very similar. So it's not a surprise that somebody inside the Michigan family is ticked off. But what I've been told is, um, you know, more people knew inside Michigan than has been reported. Um, It's an inside job, somebody unhappy with Harbaugh. And I mean, to me, it probably initiates, um, if if this thing goes sideways, uh, it probably initiates uh, Harbaugh moving to the NFL. And it's a very rare year where there's a lot of potentially good jobs with excellent young college quarterbacks coming out, including Harbaugh's own um, at Michigan but i i know what he did was over the top i've said from the very beginning everybody speeds on the 405 in los angeles you know it's it's 65 i go 69 to 70 right you know everybody does Every morning when I get on, even at 555 in the morning, it's crowded and everybody's flying, I'm driving 70 miles an hour and I'm not passing anybody. Harbaugh was doing 90 in a Maserati with sunglasses on, (laughs) you know, like it was over the top. I'm not denying that. I just think it's an antiquated rule that nobody knew about. So it's don't fake outrage to me. But I mean, maybe this was the inevitable conclusion with Jim Harbaugh. This is his personality. Maybe this was the inevitable conclusion is that it it, it was and you see this all the time with certain people like it's just not going to end well and people in my business i can name names of people who are talented but uh, can be toxic can be difficult it doesn't consistently repeatedly end well it happens so uh harbaugh is going to be fine he's either going to sign a lucrative contract at michigan uh, or he's going to go to the nfl make a lot of money and be very successful there but um, and I don't think it's necessarily, you know, a bad move to win as the conference expands and gets more difficult to jettison the Big Ten and move on. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. Timing is everything. And this may be the time. I don't see anybody going forward in the Big Ten going undefeated. I mean, if you have three or four road games, one at Penn State, one at Columbus, one in Seattle in the wind and the rain. Seattle Huskies now have a great coach. Oregon has an outstanding coach. So there have been times that Washington and Oregon have been okay. Both now are excellent and both especially – um Washington coach, Kalen DeBoer, I, I don't think he's a, a ladder climber. I think he could stay at Washington for 20 years. Dan Lanning may go back to the South. There'll they'll be a bidding war for him because uh big personality. uh, He's young. I could see him leaving Oregon if somebody came up like a Mario Cristobal and open up the pocketbook. But um, nobody's going undefeated in this conference going forward, unless you get a very, very workable schedule. I just don't see it. So maybe it's the time to leave the Big Ten. But James Franklin can recruit. Ryan Day can recruit. Oregon, big money can recruit. Washington always has good players. USC, UCLA, uh, it is going to be a handful. So maybe it's time. Before I get to Sharper Square, I saw that the actors resolved their differences with the studios. So there was a director strike, and that was the first one to be solved, the studios. Caved. Then there was the writer strike, and it took a while, but eventually that was settled. Why did the actors, why were they the last ones to get something they felt was a reasonable and fair offer? Because they're less important. I'll give you an example. I often, my wife often, will sit down and we'll watch an international movie. We don't know who the actors are. There's a streaming service called Acorn. It's like, I think it's like the Netflix of England. I watch stuff all the time. I have no idea who the actors are. But if the writing is good, I'm locked. TV, movie, streaming show. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a second episode or got through a movie even with star actors if the writing stinks. Writing means more than acting. Now, in a perfect world, great actor, great writing. That's when you win the Oscars. That's when you win the Golden Globes. But I have two Reasons I believe this. Number one is every great actor, Marlon Brando, Hanks, Denzel, Ryan Gosling, Tom Cruise, they've all been in bad movies. You never say, I'm not going to watch that actor again. Morgan Freeman, Ed Norton. You never say that. You blame the writing because the writing makes the actor. Secondly, I've always had a theory that if an eight year old can do anything, it's not that difficult. An eight year old can't write a screenplay. An eight-year-old can't be an astronaut, run a movie studio, or direct a great film. You ever watch Stranger Things? Half the cast was eight-year-olds, and it was fantastic. That's nothing against actors, but you can't write something that brilliant from an eight-year-old. You certainly can't direct it. There's child actors. Now, most become sad tales of woe in Hollywood, but there are plenty of child actors. Actors don't get me to a theater. Now, I'm not saying Michael Keaton doesn't get me to a show. Don Cheadle, Amy Adams, Ed Norton. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying actors don't have talent. I'm, what I'm telling you is, though, writers are more important. And in this entire strike, all these strikes, whoever wants the strike wins the strike. They wanted to clean the books up and these streaming services. And they made sure the directors and the writers, they took care of those two groups first. I'm not anti-actor. I'm really not, I don't I don't know any actors and I think actors are important, but uh, writing runs the business. Writing gets me and keeps me in front of a theater or a TV, regardless of who the actors are. I'm not anti-actor, but if you're telling me I've got a choice, studios resolve their differences with the writers first. There's a reason. All right, NBA fans, basketball is officially back and the DraftKings Sportsbook official sports betting partner of the NBA is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. Here you go. New customers can get $200 instantly in bonus bets by throwing down just five bucks on the NBA. That is a good deal. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant W. A win. Draft King parlays, everybody's got a shot to even more basketball wins and bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets. It's called a parlay. Same game parlay. Build your parlay across multiple games. And what does that give you? Better odds. So you can make a smaller bet and win more money. I like doing them. I like parlays. They're fun. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. And with DraftKings, you will be. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. It's fun. 10 bucks, five bucks. It's fun. It's juice. I love it. New customers, $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5. Yeah, you heard it right. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is Collins, C O L I N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY seven three six nine. in Connecticut. Help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. complete terms. All right, we are trying at the volume to be a global company. And today is the first step in being a global company because Chad Millman in our Sharper Square segment, CCO Action Network All Odds provided by DraftKings is joining us from, I think, Copenhagen? Uh, It's pronounced Copenhagen.
1: Sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yes. I am in Copenhagen. This is your kind of town, brother. Like Why? Why? It is is A, classy. Like, (laughs) it, it is full on first class operation. It is gorgeous. You can't find the streets. There can be no cars coming. If there is a don't walk sign, nobody's moving. It is like full of proper etiquette. The best restaurant town in the world. No joke. The best restaurant in the world. Yes, legendary. Called Noma, has been in Copenhagen for a generation. All the chefs who end up working at Noma stay in Copenhagen, open restaurants. Like, a bad restaurant is one Michelin star. Colin, tonight, I went to a hole-in-the-wall Italian place that was a 10-course tasting menu that they were bad-mouthing Nutella because their like hazelnut chocolate spread that they make was so good, it should be illegal. Um gorgeous, gorgeous town. Architecture is amazing, a great mix of classic, you know, medieval type of stuff with this beautiful modern architecture. It's just it's hey. enchanting. I've been I've been overwhelmed. Like just wonderful.
0: Yeah, when my wife and I went to Florence, uh, Italy. We, I told her, I said, if you told me I had to spend six months a year here, I don't want to be there during tourist season, but the old world, uh, grace and the old world food, uh, understanding of spirits, um, uh, it just an understanding of the architecture, how to treat people. Nobody's in a rush. Um, Nobody. Nobody's in a rush. It's just a quality. I've had friends that live in New York and Connecticut. I told my wife, one of the reasons we bought that place in Rhode Island is I said, you know, at some point in my life, I want to do more European travel. And I can, you know, Boston Logan Airport's got a brand new international, uh, yeah. um, what do you call it, shuttle or area. So terminal. So terminal. Uh, I'm jealous. And I my wife spent some time in Copenhagen. <laughs> and her takeaway <laughs> was it's just the coolest place she's ever been.
1: Yeah, I'm stunned. You know, the company that bought Action Network a couple of years ago yeah. is based in Copenhagen. And um, I've been dying to go. We had a bunch of meetings here this week. Uh, I got in yesterday. We went to, last night was a Champions League game between Manchester United, FC Copenhagen. And there, were, there was one red card against Man United. There were seven goals. There were two heart attacks in the stands. There were two penalty kicks. FC Copenhagen won in the last 10 minutes with two goals. And when you're, well, here's what's amazing. Like we were walking out of the stadium and people were commenting how little police presence there was. And not only that, if you ran into a police person, they would say, do you need help getting where you're going? It wasn't like Billy clubbing you because you happen to be walking on the wrong side of the street. They were just trying to help you to get where you're going. It is a lovely, charming, enchanting town.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to go there anyway, but now you talk me into it. Listen, the company that bought you knows sports gambling. Yeah. Last week was a terrible, audaciously bad week. I went two and three. My bad. I should have taken Herbert over Zach. Nonetheless, I think this week there are more definitive. There's more clarity in some of the sides I like. So let me start with this. Um, Debo's back. I could see the Niners being great. But if I get Trevor Lawrence at home and a field goal – I'm going to take it. I like Brock Purdy, but we got film now. There are limitations. I'm taking the better quarterback at home. Increasingly, the better quarterback is winning a lot of these games. Yep. I- I'm taking the Jag sharper square. So here's what's interesting. And we're going to get to this about good quarterbacks, bad
1: quarterbacks. It's the sharp side. The, the wise guys are on the Jags. The Jags have been very sneaky, under the radar, good, right? They went to London. They won a couple games. They came back home. They won again. They're on a bye. They're six and two. They're leading the AFC South. They're right under that tier, right? Right now, everyone's saying, look at the Ravens, look at the Bengals, watch out for the Jags. And when you get the Niners on the road, historically as a favorite, they're not as good. And what you just said about Brock Purdy is what a lot of wise guys are thinking. There's film out on Brock Purdy. Now, the one thing that has been aligned with his bad streak has been the loss of Debo Samuel. And was he or was he not concussed in the last couple of games? And that sort of had an impact on how it was playing. So if you are betting on the Jags, you're buying Doug Peterson, you're buying Trevor Lawrence, you're buying the fact that Doug Peterson historically also a much better coach against the spread in the second half of the year. Trevor Lawrence last year, 18 of his 28 touchdown passes, second half of the year we saw what he did in the playoffs against the chargers he is he has been a much better quarterback doug peterson is a better coach because all of a sudden he's figuring out it's a little bit like sean payton in this way he's figuring out what his team can do and he's much more focused on how do i make this team improve quarter by quarter over the course of the season and so this team has been getting better at exactly
0: the four-week mark this team started to get better. All right. This is an interesting one because I do like Cincinnati a lot, but they go from the Bills and then they have the Ravens the following week. It's a sandwich game. Jamar Chase probably doesn't play. T Higgins is not practicing. Again, I think they're better than the Texans, but the Texans are getting a touchdown. It's a more than capable offense. Sandwich game for the Bengals. I would go Houston sharper square. So the wise guys like Houston when the number's at seven, and we've talked about this before,
1: right? Like the value of that numbers. So it's seven, the wise guys were betting Houston. They continue to be amazed at CJ Stroud and his ability to move the ball down the field. Look, what he did against Tampa in 40 seconds, going 75 yards for that game-winning <laughs> touchdown was really remarkable. The guy clearly understands what's happening at the NFL level and is the right guy for the Texans, which is why they bet the Texans at plus seven. But it got to six and a half and the wise guys took the Bengals again. So this is clearly about a number. They've decided yes. that seven is the line of demarcation. And if they're going to get under seven, they're taking the Bengals. If they can get the touchdown, they're taking the Texans.
0: So um, one of the things I know, I'm going to take Arizona plus one and a half. Here's why Kyler Murray is very aware of his image. Uh, he's not going to play and not be hundred percent. Okay. He's a little finicky on that. And he knows he's got to rehab his image. He's ready to play. So I get the Cardinals plus a point and a half. They're getting some of their other weapons back. I got nothing against Atlanta. I just don't think Taylor Heineke on the road should be a favorite here. Kyler Murray needs to rehab that image. These games mean a lot. He doesn't want Arizona to have to make a choice between he and Drake May and Caleb Williams, right? Yes. I think think Kyler's going to come out focused. I'll take the point and a half, sharper square.
1: Sharp ish. The wise guys started betting this game when the Cardinals were two and a half point underdogs before the Kyler Murray announcement. Everyone's been tracking his progress, right? They've seen that he was practicing the past few weeks, that he was practicing with the practice squad. They knew sort of there was an indication if you're trading Josh Dobbs, Clayton Toon is playing the game, you're sort of giving away that game because you know Kyler Murray is going to be coming back in the next game. So the line was a two and a half. The wise guys pounded the two and a half. The News came out that Kyler Murray was going to be starting. It moved down to one and a half. I still think it's the right side. This Cardinals team, they are playing for Gannon, their new coach. And they have been playing really hard. They don't have the talent. Yeah. Kyler Murray obviously elevates that. I think there's also a lot of questions about Atlanta, like you said, about Taylor Heineke. He was a favorite last week and kind of you know, screwed the pooch a little bit. You don't want to bet Tyler Heineke as a favorite. He is the kind of guy where the variance is so high. that chances are he will make that errant pass that you need him to be making and taking shots when they're underdogs. You don't want him to be making when they're favorites. We saw this last week. Uh, I think the wise guys are betting against that again.
0: My favorite underdog of the week, although I don't love the line, I love that at minus one and a half, it's now two and a half to three is Detroit. So short week for the Chargers, Lions off a bye with an offensive driven coach and culture. Um, I think this team, because they're very young, makes big leaps in improvement. Veteran teams don't. Young teams, week four to week nine, you can see a different football team. Detroit's young on a lot of those defensive spots, and they're getting better. Still stinging from the humiliating loss to the Ravens. They've got a lot to prove in the building. I think they're a really good team. I think the Chargers look good because of the Bears and the Jets' offenses. I still think they're a dubious bunch. I take the Lions, even at minus three, though not as strongly sharp or square. It's sharp, but it's getting to the edge because don't forget, part of
1: being sharp is getting the best of the number. Right. And this number on Sunday opened at Lions minus one. Yeah, and that the, was one the of the, that was guys, the bet of the
0: week to me. That's the
1: bet of the week to me at minus yes, one. minus one hundred percent. And and a lot of people were like, "Wait a second, that feels fishy. Like, why are they giving me the Lions?" at minus one, you know it's going to be a public play. And this is sort of what I was referencing earlier. This year, the public is winning at a 57% clip. The second best in the past decade is 2016. We know the public normally does not win. We normally wanna fade the public. With the Lions, you are betting on a public team, but sometimes you wanna be on the public side. Like last week, We love the Eagles. They were the public side. We love the Chiefs. They were the public side. And so sometimes it's okay to be on the public side if it's the right side. And in this case, the Lions are the right side.
0: So here's um, two favorites. I'm not prone to go with favorites, but I do think I'll go back to my Lamar Jackson NFC rant. Teams are overwhelmed when they see Lamar Jackson for the first time. He is 17 and one against NFC teams and Seattle was bailing water. That's a good team. Now minus six, publicly embarrassed. They're going to make cutting down on turnovers a real issue here. Washington has sold off two of their best defensive linemen. Sam Howell's interesting. I would swallow the six at home with Seattle Sharper Square.
1: Yeah, uh, see, it's, it's an interesting game. We talk about executive decisions, right? Last week, we made an executive decision. We're taking the Chiefs. This week, we're making an executive decision. We're taking seattle number one bounce back spot teams in this scenario where they have lost by 20 points or more the following week plan against teams that didn't lose by 20 points so anyone who didn't lose by 20 points or won the game the team that lost the past five years 60 percent against the spread you're getting a team in washington that had lost one side of their defensive line they lost the other side In Chase Young, they lost the other side in Montez Sweat. They happen to get what I like to call a dead cat bounce. In finance, there's a phrase, if a company that has historically underperformed and all the metrics are showing that they will continue to underperform, all of a sudden gets a little bit of bump, it's called a dead cat bounce. The commanders got their dead cat bounce last week because they happen to get lucky and be playing against the Patriots. Mac Jones cannot execute. So you got a quarterback in Sam Howell who can make the throws. You know, he's, what is he, second in the league in passing yardage right now? He's a a good up-and-coming quarterback. Ron Rivera is a good underdog coach, but that was against a bad team. Now they're playing a good team at home that just got embarrassed with a good defense and a good running game going against the 31st-ranked Russian defense. And that was before they gave away their two best edge defenders. So...
0: Yes, we're going to take Seattle here. Uh, Finally, I never do this, but I think Tommy DeVito is incapable of a touchdown drive. If the Cowboys kick it up, fumble, interceptions, certainly capable. I think Dallas wins 44 to nine. Uh, I would take Dallas minus 16. I think the Giants are the worst offense in years with DeVito quarterbacking. You know, I don't lay these numbers. If I told you this game was 24 to nothing in the first quarter, would you be shocked? I know it's not the sharp side. I'm taking Dallas, dude. You'd be surprised
1: uh, the the amount of chatter I've heard about wise guys betting Dallas this week because they they feel like this game could be 54 to nothing. Like they, yeah. there's actually not a number that could be big enough. And sometimes you do you lay the points when it's that clear. And don't forget Dak as an as a favorite. Now again. Normally, he's in like a say three to 10 point spot, but a home favorite. He's pretty good. Home favorite. We've said this. We've said this on the show, and it's why we liked the Eagles last week. I think the Cowboys are front runners. I think they, when they are comfortable, they act like champions, they play like champions. When they face adversity, they cannot execute. This is a time where the Cowboys will convince themselves they are champions and can contend in the NFC. And it's their chance to show it. All right. Now
0: we play the game where um, I'm going to give you a game I want you to talk me into because I want to watch it. Um, And then what did I miss? Let's start with the Steelers Packers. Um, All of our odds provided by DraftKings. What's the current number? Talk me into a side here. All right. This is tough.
1: The number is three, <laughs> potentially going to be three and a half. The wise guys love the Packers in this spot. Oh. Look, Tomlin as a favorite is not the same as Tomlin as a dog. and the, the, This is a spot where the, the Steelers continue to win. They're a bit fraudulent. You look at their metrics, they shouldn't have the record they have, right? Meanwhile, We do this thing called the luck rankings at Action Network that basically takes a lot of stats and a lot of unpredictability in the games and evens them out and gives you a metric that says, these are things that do not normally happen, but they skew people's perception of a team. Right now, the Steelers are the luckiest team in the NFL. And by the way, Steelers have been the luckiest team in the NFL three of the past five years. Packers one of the unluckiest teams in the NFL. The difference between these two teams is 29 spots. So there's a lot of data there to tell you, I got to take the Packers here and I don't like it. And I don't think you like it, but I do have some games that I think you might like.
0: I guess Okay, so now it's time for What Did I Miss? Now, I don't like this dumpster diving stuff. I'm a man that likes Copenhagen and elegance. So I don't stick my head in a dumpster very often. I did last week with the Jets and it closed clamped on my head. Um, I know this is, this is the ugly portion. I think Josh Dobbs' story is a great story. I wonder if that comes to a close. I loved the story. So what did I miss, Chad Millman? Give me the game I missed. These are games that Colin, the king and queen
1: of Denmark would love to bet these games. They are so, they are choice. They are so classy. Uh, they, they're just the best. How did we not, you don't want to dumpster dive. How are we not talking about the Browns? Like, this makes no sense to me.
0: Because I don't think... give me that
1: look. Let me, let me, let me say, okay. 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 I know you, you don't, you're afraid of betting against, lamar jackson i am because lamar jackson has been so good and lamar jackson is finally on a path to win the mvp and the ravens look like they could be the most complete team in the nfl the browns have a much much better defense the browns have someone in miles garrett who is one of the most dominant players in the nfl not most dominant defensive player literally most dominant player You talk about a stat that ESPN does that is really cool called pass rush win rate. It basically says how often when he's on the field is he making an impact as a pass rusher on plays, right? Leads the league in pass rush win rate. Same thing when you talk about him against the run. If you talk about the Browns on defense overall, they are better than the Ravens at every metric. This is a dominant defense. And if you're talking about a divisional game, home teams in divisional games the past five years covering 47% clip, home favorites divisional games covering 46% clip, Lamar Jackson as a favorite of more than three and a half under 500 for his career, John Harbaugh as a favorite of uh, just as a favorite period under 500 in his career. I am actually shocked that this line is where it's at, that it's gone from five to six and some to six and a half. If you're not taking the
0: Browns, this is a game you can watch. You're going to enjoy you're it. Right. That's right. It's going to be fun. Well, my natural instinct is to take Cleveland. I'm just not sure I trust Deshaun Watson and the Ravens That's defense. The- I just don't. But we've said this before. It's one of the more simple plays. If you have a capable quarterback and you're getting points as a divisional rival, I mean, I, we took, we should have won it, we pushed, we took Sam Howell against Jalen Hurts, and the game was in, I think, Philly. You just do it. You just, yeah. it's just a, You just do it as long as you're underdog. Sam Howell is more than capable at quarterback. We've seen New England beat Buffalo this year. You just yes. do it. We've seen the Jets beat Buffalo. You just do it. So believe me, I, be I have less happens. trouble doing it. You, you talk, That's a good side. That's a good side. All right, give me one more. Okay. How about the Denver Broncos? I thought about that. At
1: seven and a half, it's tasty. It's tasty. I'm eating that whole meal. That is the Copenhagen restaurant
0: of bets. <laughs> On Monday. I mean, okay? an offensive coach, a capable quarterback on a bye week. I thought about that. The other thing, Greg Cosell said something this week that I'd thought, but the film showed it. Buffalo is not nearly as talented now that they lost our top corner, top linebacker and a defensive lineman. They're just yeah. not that talented a roster. They lost playmakers at every level of their defense. Josh Allen
1: has to be Perfect for them to win games, and even when he is. Meanwhile, the development of the Broncos' defense, they've just been getting better. And this is another one of those things, right? We talk about Doug Peterson. Sean Payton is on that level of Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, coaches who you want to be betting on because over the past generation, they're some of the most profitable coaches against the spread in the NFL. And I think there's some inflation here because people continue to think about the Broncos as being what the Broncos were the first three games when their defense was so bad. But look, if you look at DVOA, you know a very fancy advanced stat that takes into account a lot of different strength of schedule elements, DVOA for the Broncos defense, the past three games, 13th, DVOA for the Bills offense, 31st. So we're talking about a team here that is just improving incrementally. Like people thought Patrick Mahomes had the flu. And so that's why he didn't perform well in that game the Broncos won. But it turns out maybe the Broncos defense was just really good because Patrick Mahomes has been having these issues and they made him look even worse. So Uh, I think there's a a lot of upside here. This is one of those classic pros Joe's games, the betting tickets, meaning the betting public, the non-professional bettors, predominantly on the bills. The money, that's what the wise guys are. That's on the Broncos.
0: Yeah. Uh, Finally, what airline are you flying? Did you fly from Hartford to Copenhagen or Amsterdam? Or did you fly? I fly Logan a lot. Where did you fly? What are you flying back? I flew out of JFK, but Colin, if I tell you what I'm flying, I got to deal with the
1: paparazzi when I get back. I can't, I can't do that. I'm flying on SAS, which is Scandinavian Airlines, and obviously serves, you know, Copenhagen and other
0: Scandinavian countries. May I suggest at some point in your life, you fly Swiss air? I've heard it's lovely. It's lovely. Yes. That's what I do. Is this the part of the
1: podcast where elite media yeah.
0: people turn off all of the listeners? Well, no, because you don't have to aspirational first. Yeah, it's aspirational. We're like Joel Osteen with footballs. Right? <laughs> we're we're Tony Robbins without the real estate. We're yeah, just saying Exactly. You, you can fly economy. Economy Swiss Air. It's still Swiss Air. So I fly, I try to do business so I can watch documentaries. Swiss Air is my favorite airline, even more than British airline, and Delta, I, uh, Cathay Pacific. I love Swiss Air. I love everything about it. it. It's elegant without being bougie.
1: Do they give you a complimentary Toblerone candy bar?
0: Uh, they give you uh, champagne. Um, they do give you chocolate. Yes, they do. Yeah. They give you chocolate. Uh, I just, I found it. And I, fu- I flew Icelandic Air which doesn't have a great international (laughs) reputation to Reykjavik. I got to tell you though, my son and I loved it. It was fun. I like new airlines. I like new stuff. I'm for new stuff. And so. I am too. I'm especially for new planes. (laughs) Those are, those are the best. No, I listen. It's, you know, and I've said this, the, you know, the LAX is a zoo, but the international part of it's great. And I wish more Americans, myself included, did more international travel. You know, I, I've done so much Mexico, so much Canada. Uh, so I've done London three or four times, but it's, um, I, I can't wait uh, for the part of my life where I can do, you know, a 10 week, 10 day, two week trip every May and August. It's not that far off to go to Europe. It's just fun. It's a different pace. I like the pace of Europe. Oh, I love
1: it and you know what? I hope for you? Listen kid. You keep working hard. You're going to be able soon enough to scratch together enough nickels. You can <laughs> yeah. get over to, you can get over
0: to Europe if you want to.: <laughs> I will, I'm gonna make a point of it. All right, buddy, you enjoy Copenhagen. Great to hear from you. All right, brother. I thought you were. The volume. In sports, the scoreboard doesn't always tell the complete story. The dad who happens to be a world-class quarterback. Untold tales of athletes you thought you knew. The heart-racing pressure for the heart. Soul and survival of the multi-billion dollar business of F1. Stories about college kids who are given a last shot, a last chance at redemption. David Beckham's meteoric rise. Not only as a global soccer superstar, but becoming a pop culture icon. Upsets injuries, come from behind victories, you're going to get it all. And I've seen it all with Netflix sports. These are the stories that turn all of us into sports fans and give everybody something to cheer for, to feel for, to hold your breath for, and to get up out of your seat for. Whether you're a diehard or a brand new fan, intense or casual, shows like F1, Drive to Survive, Quarterback, Full Swing, Untold, Beckham, and more. Netflix has a story for every type of fan. Netflix turns us all into fans. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right. With the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we can go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week.